Our scriptures from Matthew 8, verses 14 through 17. When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. This is God's word. Ironically, his own back all messed up. And it was messed up because of the work he did as a chiropractor. All the torquing and lifting and bending and pushing. He said his back was just a mess. So I, I looked at him and said, well, I guess that makes you a wounded healer. And he looked kind of quizzically and then said, yeah, I, I guess it does. Now, the term wounded healer has been used in various ways by different people, but, but here's what I mean when I say that. That anyone who tries to heal someone else gets hurt in the process. So my wife Meg is a mental health counselor. Some days she comes home from her work and says, Ah, oh, I feel like I'm just carrying some heavy things that people have told me really painful stuff in people's lives that I have to carry. 21 years ago, um, another example, 21 years ago today, you know what happened and how New York City firefighters and EMTs rushed into those collapsing buildings to save people, and they got hurt in the process. Some of them perished. Some of them endured lung damage from the toxic smoke. And some or all had the emotional scars of the trauma of that event. They're wounded healers. When COVID hit in 2020, uh, we began to see the whole healthcare system buckle under the strain and the stress of that. You saw the Facebook posts or the news articles of nurses collapsed in the hallway, just exhausted. I recently, recently read that um, up until last October, one in five healthcare workers had quit in our country since the pandemic started, and another one in five had considered quitting the healthcare field. Wounded healers. But even under ideal working conditions, you know that healthcare is a taxing profession. There's the long hours, the stress, the wear and tear on your body from lifting patients or being on your feet all day. Um, uh, or simply the, the, the wear and tear on your emotions that comes from the constant proximity to suffering people. Wounded healers. And I would just add that even if you say, well, my job is not that stressful, I'm in healthcare, it feels great, I enjoy it, Think about how you are still giving away your life in some ways, your time, your energy, your skills. You're giving away yourself so that others can be healthy. Well, if you are a wounded healer, you have something in common with Jesus. 
Jesus is the wounded healer. And that's good news for us because the healing he provides is deeper than we can possibly imagine. Jesus, the wounded healer. I chose this short passage from the Gospel of Matthew because it zeroes in on this truth. Um, So we're going to look at this together. Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. It's on page 798 uh, of your pew Bibles. Pardon me, 789. 789. And Lord, as we come to this text of your inspired word, we pray that you would speak through these words into our lives. Amen. Now we're told in the Gospels and in the book of Matthew here that Jesus had two main priorities in his ministry. He taught people about the kingdom and he healed people. He was teaching and healing. We've seen that in the book of Matthew. Um, So that is, he declared the good news of God's kingdom with words, and he showed the good news of God's kingdom with healing, by, by fixing broken people and putting them back the way they should be. Good news. Now, both his preaching and his healing were turning heads and were drawing crowds, and that's where we find him here in Matthew 8. People are are crowding around him. Um, And so Jesus goes to visit his disciple Peter's house, where his mother-in-law, Peter's mother-in-law, is, it says, in bed with a fever. Now, they didn't know what caused fevers back then, but they knew this was bad. And the Greek word makes it clear that she was really sick with a fever, like possibly on her deathbed. Now, in Jewish tradition, it If you touched someone with a fever, that would contaminate you ritually. So you didn't want to do that. But what does Jesus do? He touches her hand and the fever leaves her. The point here is that Jesus has total authority and power over the body. And he's able to instantly cure someone who is ill. In fact, this woman jumps up immediately into hostess mode and is like, oh, I'm going to I don't know, I'm going to fix you a meal. You're my honored guest. Right? But that's only the beginning of Jesus' work night. Uh, Word spreads that Jesus is there, and crowds show up at the door. And so it begins to look like what I imagine uh, the UVM emergency department is like on a Saturday night in the summertime. There's just all kinds of people with all kinds of problems there. People who are um, broken, people who are sick, people who are, who are dying or despairing or disturbed or disabled. They're all just limping there to Jesus because he is the healer. Uh, some of them probably don't even know who he is. They just know this guy has healed some people, so I'm going to go give it a shot. Um. I wonder what all the different clinical diagnoses were of that crowd that night. Maybe malaria, polio, paralysis, bacterial infections, cuts, bruises, scrapes, abrasions, mental illness. Um, I don't know. But I do know that Jesus had the same treatment for each one. Verse 16 says, He healed them 
or literally, he therapied them. That's the Greek word therapio, where we get the word therapy. He healed them. And how did he heal them? It says, with a word. With a word. Doctors, wouldn't it be nice if you could just tell your client, tell your patients to be healed? You're better. You're cured. Now for some, the suffering or pain was spiritual. We're told that there were many who were demon-possessed. Now it's interesting, they distinguished between illness and demon possession. They had different categories for that. Could some of these demon-possessed have been suffering from mental illness? Possibly. There's also just a realm of spiritual forces that afflict people. Now, Jesus cured them. We could stop there and say, wow, Jesus is an amazing healer, right? And that's what many people do. But Matthew wants to make a more profound point than that about Jesus' healing work. And to do that, he quotes this 750-year-old prophecy from Isaiah. Verse 17, this was to fulfill, so this, meaning the healing work, was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities, and bore our diseases. Now that is a kind of unusual thing to say. Because a disease isn't something you can pick up and take from someone, right? Like, oh, you have diabetes? Let me hold that for a while. Let me pick that up and get it off your back, right? What is Matthew talking about? What is Isaiah talking about? Jesus, in some way, takes on himself carries, picks up the suffering of others. Now, has anyone watched the TV show The Chosen miniseries? It's about the life of Christ. You should check it out. I love how that series portrays this scene in, in an episode. So Jesus has been doing um, healings. He's, he's been out at it for all day. The disciples have gone back to camp, and they're sitting around the fire wondering when Jesus is going to come back. Well, finally, they hear someone approaching and they see Jesus come into the firelight, limping, bloody, dirty, exhausted. His hair is all disheveled. And he, he just manages to say goodnight and then he goes into his tent and collapses. And you just get that picture of the, the actual toll that it took on him to do this healing work. He carried our infirmities and bore our diseases. Jesus is a wounded healer. But that's only only part of it. Matthew is making a bigger point here about Jesus. As amazing as Jesus' miracles were, they were incomplete, right? Right? Did did it ever occur to you that all the people he healed in his ministry eventually got sick from something else and died, right? Even the people he raised from the dead died again. Now, I imagine as a healthcare worker, one of the most discouraging things, and I, I don't work in healthcare, so I could be wrong, but one of the most discouraging things is the fact that you can never heal someone completely. 
you know? The cancer will come back. The knee will never be perfectly sound. Uh, the diabetes will progress. Like, there's nothing you can do to ultimately stop the, the, the process of aging and dying and disease. But Jesus did. Jesus did. How did he do that? How did he do that? Matthew is telling us that Jesus' healing work goes far deeper than we can imagine. Let's look back at these words. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Now, when Matthew quotes that passage, he's probably referring to the entire context of that part of Isaiah. And listen to what Isaiah says right after those words. Isaiah 53. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, i.e. sins. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And listen to this. By his wounds we are healed. By his wounds we are healed. What Jesus did in partially in his healing ministry, he did completely in his death. That's what Isaiah is talking about. Jesus' death on the cross. He went, you see, Jesus went after the cause of human suffering and the cause of death, which is sin. He went to the root of the problem. The Bible tells us that there's, there's an interesting relationship between sickness and sin. They're intertwined. Now, this does not mean that when someone is sick, there must be something they did to incur that sickness. That's not what the Bible says. It says this, the very reason there is such a thing as sickness and decay and disease and death is because of our broken relationship with God, our Creator, because of sin. Therefore, every, in that sense, ailments of any kind, physical, you know, emotional, or otherwise, have a spiritual root cause. And what Jesus did when he died on the cross was that he took the weight, the consequences, the burdens, the death of our sin on himself. He carried our infirmities. He bore our diseases. That's what Jesus did. By his wounds we are healed. And therefore, now anyone who comes to Jesus in repentance and trust gets his healing power. Because Jesus cures that uh, and, and demolishes that cancerous power of sin inside us and from there his healing work flows. Now death will still come, but his healing work goes beyond that. I've heard so many stories of people being healed by Jesus. They have a healed heart with God. They have healed relationships. They have um, healed bodies, healed minds. As Jesus does his healing work, the wounded healer who does his work for us. Some would say <clears throat> wrongly that because uh, the real issue is spiritual, then we don't need to worry about 
physical stuff in this world. Just preach the gospel. You know, why make, why alleviate suffering? But, but, but Jesus didn't see it that way. Jesus healed physical bodies. And, and followers of Jesus over time have, have carried on that tradition. You know, in the Roman world around uh, the time of Jesus, um, the dominant philosophy was the survival of the fittest. So the weak, the sick, the elderly, the unwanted children were just left to die. And Christians said, that is unacceptable. We will not tolerate that culture of death. Because every person is made in the image of God and has inherent value and dignity. And therefore, we're going to alleviate suffering. We're going to work to heal bodies here and now. Did you know the first hospital was founded by a Christian bishop named St. Basil of Caesarea in 369 AD? Did you know that when plagues swept through cities, Christians would be the ones to stay behind and care for the sick and the dying, pagan, Christian, or otherwise. Did you know that um, over the centuries, followers of Jesus have shaped medical ethics and principles of patient care? They've, they've pioneered advances in almost every field of medicine, from orthopedics to gynecology to public health to hospice to um, uh, uh, epidemiology to, to dermatology, everything. And Christian missions have, have brought medicine and hospitals and clinics and healing work all around the globe, all because of Jesus and the wounded healer. I mean, we essentially have Jesus to thank for the health care system as we know it. Well, not the bad parts of our health care system. <laughs> <laughs> the healthcare system as an idea. You see, all healing work in some way points to Jesus, the healer, the wounded healer. So let me leave you this morning with a few questions. First and most importantly, can you look to Jesus as the one who was wounded for your healing? for your salvation, for your forgiveness. Can you do that? That's the first and most important question. And if so, if you're in healthcare, how does Jesus change your work as a healer? Can you see that your efforts, as small and imperfect as they may be, have eternal significance when they point to Jesus, the wounded healer? Let's pray. Jesus, our healer, thank you that you have done the work that no one else could do. Thank you that you are the curer of our souls and because of that, the, the healer of our bodies. And thank you that you are still in the business of healing today. Holy Spirit, we ask that you bring that healing, curative, restorative, and saving work of Jesus into the life of every person here today. And we pray that those who work in healthcare may reflect that in the healing work they do. Amen.